Thank you, Sammy. Thank you very much, Lee. Thank you very much for your invitation. I'm very pleased to be here um, to discuss this topical issue of uh, energy union. Now I understand why your sheet were falling always. Um, okay. Um, I've heard a lot of things. I'm supposed to speak uh, now. I'm supposed to finish my speech just right now. And I think it's important that we have a very good discussion. We are numerous experts here and uh, Energy Union is opening a lot of opportunities, also a lot of challenges. And I'm sure that you want to discuss, raise questions, etc. So I will try to be as short as possible. But still, the problem is that beyond what I plan to say, I've heard so many things that I would like I could take just the time to discuss what I've heard, but I will leave it uh, to uh, the debate. But what was inspiring is the history of the Energy Community Treaty, 10 years, etc. It was very inspiring to hear how you get there. And a bit less inspiring about the recent history. I think there are some confusion, and we'll come back to that in a minute. But history is very important, and especially in the field of energy, because if you look at European energy policy, it's a very recent, a very young policy. The European Union started energy with two, with two treaties, but then for long, nothing happened. And you can even say that an energy policy started in 2005, 2007 with this energy and climate package. And before that, it was an internal market policy flanked with some environmental measures and some competition instruments. And that's it. So we have to be prudent and we have to be cautious in not criticizing too much what has happened. It's very recent, it's very young. So, of course, uh, many things uh, 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 have been able to develop. And this always, as you mentioned, was pushed by crisis. And again, so we feel a bit addicted to crisis in the European Union. We have plenty of those crises in-house and outside, so the energy union uh, will have a lot of things to deal with, crisis, of course. But this new policy immediately faced adverse developments, both coming from outside markets and also from inside regulation, the way it was developed and the way it was also implemented by the countries, by the stakeholders, etc., etc. So immediately we launched something big and immediately we realized that we need to adapt to cope with crisis and to revise what was quite new. Most of the shortcomings are today well identified. Most of them. The question is how do we address these shortcomings? But also launching long-term vision, long-term project about the energy transition. So this is a key task and this is the objective of this energy union to address this. And this comes in a very difficult context, as we've seen. The current context in the European Union, and especially in the field of energy, is one of fragmentation. Fragmentation of regulation, with Lee we even called it pixelization. Fragmentation of initiatives, fragmentation of markets, fragmentation of countries, of stakeholders, etc. And this is operating in a field where you have also huge silo mentalities. You can look at all conferences, at the Riga conference, on the energy union at other previous conference you know you have the nuclear against gas against the renewables etc the tso the dso etc 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 so it's a huge silo mentality it's very difficult to 
get all these actors moving into the same direction. And also it's a context of, unfortunately, we talked about empty box thinking out of the box, etc., about a lack of innovative ideas. This is not an academic debate per se, but what is sure is that academics have a role to play to bring innovative ideas. And for this we have here uh, uh, key figures with Lee, with Jean-Michel, with others, the Florence School, and even uh, the Secretariat, to bring these new ideas policy-oriented ideas and not only uh, academic. So now let's talk about this energy union beyond this uh, current context. I will bring some additional confusion to the confusion. We have now a new report. So I'm mentioned as College of Europe. I'm professor. There is a European Energy Policy Chair at the College of Europe. But also I'm research fellow at the Jacques Delors Institute for several years now, and we have just developed a new proposal endorsed by Jacques Delors himself. From the European energy community to the energy union, a policy proposal for the short and the long term. There's plenty of things into this proposal. I invite you to read it. I will not comment into details. But I'm very happy to be here today. Why, do, why did we call it? Because we started in 2010. And Lee played a role in that, a key role, Jean-Michel as well. We started with this idea of energy community. It was not a confusion. We knew that there was an energy community treaty for Southeastern Europe. For Southeastern Europe. Community was because Jacques Delors has this idea that energy was the next frontier for the European Union. With others. At the time, we identified a menu of measures that should be developed at the field of energy. And then, for you, legal experts, I invite you to look at this 2010 report. We look at all legal instruments that could be used to put to implement this set of measures from the current treaties, from enhanced cooperation, Article 20, from Schengenization, you create outside the institutional structures with some countries to move ahead on certain issues, but we really we rapidly saw that it was impossible to get this core group of countries agreeing on all aspects of energy policy, moving ahead, leaving those behind, etc. So it's a pixelization, it's a lot of different groups, which in fact is what regionalization. And we even identified a new treaty. And at the time, of course, 2010, it was not the flavor of the day, it was not the good idea, the right idea, the treaty. But still, if you look at the assessment which was made, and if you look at the, the measures that we proposed, it was already key and it's still key today. So energy union is not about reinventing everything. There's a, a lot of things that were already there. Energy union is just the time to push these issues real, concrete and make them operational. So then came, uh, of course, Donald Tusk, Poland. And what it shows is that you can have a nice European concept if it's not operational, real, it, is, it can be instrumentalized by all interests. And it's normal that Poland promoting energy union is defending a Polish view. There is nothing uh, special for that. And then it's normal that the industry, when it's defending its own energy union, it's, of course, defending its own position. But what is interesting, and I invite you to read it, is the Juncker, because you mentioned that they didn't know. I think they really knew what they were doing. And if you want to have a sense of where they want to bring this energy union really, look at 
the Juncker programme for the European Commission and the political guidelines. You will have a vision which is quite ambitious, quite bold, audacious, and this is where they want to bring it. But then, even if you launch big ideas, we are ambitious, etc., you directly see that putting all the society, the economy, economic industrial forces, etc., together, aligning them along this objective is then something completely different. And if you start with pillars, dimensions, etc., of course you open the box of the shopping list. We want this, we want that, we want this, we want that, etc. So what is sure is that it created huge expectations outside of the European Commission. It is not anymore debated around the Polish six pillars, etc. It is now debated from the proposal of the European Commission. Then like it or not, you can of course criticize, etc. this proposal for good reasons, but this is uh, the basis. So we find a lot of things uh, in this package. Some say that too much things, but what is necessary is to articulate at the European Union level all issues related to energy together. The old method, you know, we have a security problem, we will develop a security strategy. We have a problem of sustainable development, let's develop a low carbon strategy. We need competitiveness, let's develop a competitive strategy. This is fragmented, this is in silo, there, will be, there, will, there is always a need now to have a, a combined uh, and interactive way to address all these issues together. That's why we need such a kind of, of thing. So what is the energy union, concretely? First, it is a narrative. And if you look at the two first pages, it tells a story. It brings first a sober assessment of the external context, the outside world, globalization, economy, access to raw materials, security of supply, etc., innovation. And the role of the, and the status of the European Union in this context is one of declining. So if you look at this from a sober assessment, you rapidly see that the energy union is even not a matter of ambition, it's a matter of necessity. The second thing is that then comes these big principles, which are relevant. Security, solidarity and trust. Optimization of energy resources, networks and so on. How do you ensure the complementarity between national energy systems, markets, resources, networks, without going for a European energy mix or, or things like that? In a sustainable way. All this imply one project, one process, and I quote, a shift from a centralized supply-side approach towards demand-side and the involvement of the consumer at the heart of the system and move away from a fragmented system characterized by uncoordinated national policies, market barriers and energy-isolated areas. This is the energy union, this is the goal, this is the aim, so how do we go there then comes and starts the most difficult part of the process, and we are here now. What does it imply? What is sure is that no tabula rasa, we will not reinvent the wheel, no silver bullet which will address all the issues, so no new treaty, no new institution. And what we suggest here in this report, and what you find in this package but not properly articulated, but you see that there are things dealing with the current order, 
revising the energy policy, addressing the past and current shortcomings, but also at the same time trying to bring a new project, a new, vi a new vision for the future. And this is a two-track approach. If you really want to have an added value, which is not just repackaging the energy policy into an energy union, you need this. But for this, and we have identified, but I will, and I really invite to look at them. Unfortunately, it's a 162 pages report, but that means that you have good uh, food for thought. But if you look at all this, first, we do not have it. Second, we need it. And third, it implies a dramatic change in the way that we operate, we think, we develop, we implement energy systems in Europe. Just take one, an industrial energy strategy driven by innovation. When we call what we call innovation in Europe, it's 80% of the funds which are invested in deploying, in deploying mature technologies into the system. This is not innovation, it's learning curves by an industrial policy. And these 80% are fragmented at national level and within countries between public and private funds and even private funds are then fragmented between different economic sectors, etc. So we need something like that. We need to invest in education on the challenges and behaviors around the energy transition if we really want this transition to occur. We call it the social energy policy. You know, energy poverty, and we've see, we, you can go to Serbia, etc. There's a lot of people dying from hypothermia, etc. It's much more than the issue of tariffs of electricity, of prices, regulated prices, etc. It's a social issue which implies a social policy. This goes much beyond the way that this has been addressed for years into the field of energy so far. So you have a lot of things like this, an energy trade policy for the defense and promotion of the EU sustainable economic interest outside the EU. We have the impression that this would be a revolution because this issue of competence national sovereignty over the mix, the supply of the, the structure of the supply, etc. But trade policy are used in all other sectors of European economy and not in the field of energy. Why? It's a nonsense. It's because a basic fragmentation artificial between inside and external dimension, etc. etc. So there's a lot of things to be done which will bring a European Energy and Climate Information Agency, when the Americans come, when the Russians come, when the Chinese come in Brussels to discuss energy deals or dialogues or whatever, or the international agency, let's take just that one, they know much better than Europeans the state of their markets, the evolution of their energy system, the global picture. Why? Because at European level there is no such institution or agency or body or whatever, a common platform from common analysis, understanding, modeling, etc., etc. So how do you want to compete in this, in this context? You cannot. So this is the long-term project of the energy union. And you find a lot of these things in this paper. It can look abstract, of course. In two lines, it's difficult to be very precise about something but at least it gives you a direction. Then it's up to the lawyers, of course, to be innovative in the way that this can be implemented, developed, and made operational. But for this to occur, it is essential to revise and address the shortcomings of current energy policy. And this is a list of immediate actions. 
we call them technical accents. Technical because it's not, again, a matter of political ambition. It could look, it could be seen as that, but no, it's a matter of something technical that needs to be addressed, both regarding the internal market, both regarding the increased empowerment of these stakeholders themselves, regarding the external dimension of this internal market, the Energy Community Treaty, the IGAs, this question of leveraging the internal market in international negotiation, all this might raise a lot of legal issues. And finally, regarding, of course, the governance, the transparency, the monitoring, the consolidation, etc. And all this goes much beyond the 20 and 30 energy and climate package. It's part of the European energy policy, but it's not only that. So to conclude, um, what is clear is that some other things are new, other are, let's call them a post hoc rationalization of some good existing practices, and some are just old ideas which never came to the light and that we need to bring back into the discussion and make them happen this time in 2015. And for that, the, I will finish by a motto of Jacques Delors, which is quite relevant. You mentioned the single market package. What was the principles at the heart of the single market package, which are quite relevant for the European energy sector? It's the competition that stimulates the cooperation cooperation, not coordination, the cooperation that strengthens, and clearly the missing link today is cooperation. You can adopt all regulation, legislation, directives, etc. If it's always implemented at national level, it doesn't change the whole picture. And finally, it's solidarity that unites, solidarity between countries, between operators, but also between just people of Europe. So all this implies a strong involvement of the stakeholders, not only the member states, but regulators, DSO, TSO, utilities, innovators, investors, consumers, and civil society at large. Thank you.